Welcome to This Week in Location-Based Marketing with your hosts, Rob Woodbridge and Asif Khan. It is time for This Week in Location-Based Marketing. This is episode number 273. We're recording this live Monday morning, February 22nd, 2016, the year of our Lord. I don't even know why I say that because I don't I don't believe in that, but uh, it just seems like the thing to say. My name is Rob TV, located in Ottawa, Ontario, Canada, and with me back in his usual space, back with a little bit more color. Yes, uh, you just I, make me I, look I whiter. A, a slight tan. Um, slight tan. So do I. It's called the winter slight tan. tan. Yes, translucent. Um, but yes, Asif Khan of the Location-Based Marketing Association in Toronto, balmy spring-like beginning of spring oh. training uh pitchers reporting to camp uh and catchers today uh yes. yes baseball is back oh i'm so excited god i love this time of the year not for the weather but just because it, it fills me with hope that winter is over yeah yeah it's warm here i mean it's yeah you know what we never really had winter you never had winter well you know yesterday was a, a nice day for us in ottawa which was sunday but right now we are sitting at minus eighteen right now. Minus eighteen Ooh. Celsius. Minus eighteen. Yeah. That's minus, not good. minus eighteen. Yeah. I think we're plus one or two. All right, whatever. Well, this is great. Baseball season is upon us, man. It is a week away until the first spring training game, Grapefruit League game, and I cannot wait. I bought my MLB.tv subscription. I'm I stream the games. It it's like basically like white noise to me. I'm not productive during the six month off season. As soon as baseball starts, I throw in the baseball game as background noise, and I'm productive. Yep. Man, it is the greatest. It doesn't matter who's playing. It's the greatest thing. But go Yankees. <laughs> we'll see. We'll see how they go. Asif, how was the cruise, buddy? You were the cruise uh, cruising. was good. It was, uh, it was uh, an interesting uh, time. Uh, lots to do. Uh, food, food was great. The uh, entertainment and everything was just amazing. Um, and, uh, you, know, the, uh, you know, we had some good stops. Uh, generally good weather, other than... Uh, rain one day when we were in Haiti and uh, the uh, wind oh man like it was the last day on the boat was like super windy and uh, it was warm it was like 25 degrees Celsius or something uh, but like with the wind like everybody was like wearing hoodies and stuff on the top of the top deck because it was just so windy and the boat was you know shaking around it was it was, it was a good it was a good fun experience but yeah, technology-wise, uh, also quite interesting. Uh, so I was paying particular attention to all the stuff going on. So there's Wi-Fi available throughout the boat. There's uh, digital signage on every deck uh, next to every elevator. So basically, this full, like, really cool uh, digital screen experience, touchscreen, where you can find out uh, what, what's going on right now in terms of activities uh, and programs that are happening. You can uh, basically search a floor plan, like a, a wayfinding type of application to uh, see where you are and how to get to where you want to go. Um, available in, uh, I think, six different languages. Wow. Uh, so, yeah, that, that's pretty cool um, experience. Um, I, I was a little bit disappointed. So, so everything is tied to um, a, uh, a plastic card that they issue you with a photo ID kind of thing that you swipe everywhere for paying for stuff. But like I would have preferred a wristband, and there just wasn't, you know, a wristband there. So uh, I guess that that would be my sort of uh, one area to improve um, on, and de- definitely no beacon experience yet. Um, but uh, that I could see that coming pretty quickly. The wristbands would be good, just in case people start to like fall off the ship, right? So yeah. you'll know if they fall off the ship. Yeah, exactly. Right? Yeah, 
Yeah, uh, like the Disney Disney wristbands. Uh, did you have a uh, an indoor cabin or an interior cabin or an exterior cabin? Like uh, I've never done a cruise, but uh, you got me interested in because you, you went on one. Uh, but so did you? Wh- where were you guys? Uh, on it was uh, on the on the exterior uh, with a kind of window looking out. Um, and what was that like? Like was it? Uh, were you, how high were you above the water? Low, like really? we were basically on the on the second deck. Oh my god! Um, so we're you know right above the water. That's freaky. That's all I could afford, Rob. <laughs> <laughs> At least it wasn't steerage, right? Like I yeah. wasn't. Under, yeah. But uh, so. did, like, did it get kind of? Did did it feel weird in there? Like I've never been on a cruise, man. So, I, like, I, I I've never been either. Um, I mean, I don't get seasick or anything, so like I, I had no issues with it. Um, it was, uh, yeah. Yeah, Jen had um, uh, you know she she feels that stuff a lot more, so it was uh, it was challenging at times. We weren't allowed to we weren't allowed to open the curtains. <laughs> was there any time where there were, like water was splashing against the window? Um, there was like overnight one night when it, when the uh, the wind was going pretty good, it, not right up against the window, but like you could hear major waves crashing. Yeah, I'm out. I'm out. Yeah. Do you see any like uh, dolphins, whales, sharks? Those kinds of things. None of that. None of that. None yeah. of that. So. Wow. Well, that. Uh, I would do it again. You would, would you? Yeah. And no, no, like a Ebola-like viruses, like uh, you know, nothing. Okay. That's you good. know what? And, and here's the thing on that. Like, other than other than uh, when we were in Haiti at lunch, I don't think I even saw a fly. Wow. Uh, and and even then, it was like the odd, like just normal, like you know, fly that comes around when you're like at a picnic. Um, and that, like, I think I saw like two in, in like six hours. Wow. Like, it was, like almost no bugs whatsoever the entire uh, trip. It's because they're, they're spraying some kind of carcinogenic all over the place. Well, so you're not glad. Boat, I guess. Like, it's just, yeah, yeah, it doesn't make sense. But yeah. Well, I, that, that sounds interesting, man. I, you know, I, I'm, I, I don't know if I could do it uh, just because it's on a boat. And I'm a super paranoid, freaky parent that thinks that their kids are going to fall off the boat because mine will. Um, and uh, yeah, it's it's a hard time to find out that you have a sleepwalking child. You know what I'm saying? Yes. Uh, so yes. anyway, that's good. Good vacation, man. Yeah, it was good. So now gearing up. So what's going on with the LBMA? We got a bunch of events. We're in the kind of the, the height of this the uh, the season now. So um, I'm off to. Um, uh, Palm Springs uh, tomorrow uh, for Etail West, uh, which is happening at the JW Marriott uh, Palm Desert Resort, and uh, that is a uh, huge event. This is the first time uh, we've partnered with the Etail uh, Conference Organization, so they run a number of events: Etail West, Etail East, Etail Canada. Uh, so we're going to be partnering with them on all of their events this year. Um, but this is a big one. Um, yeah, take a look. Just Google it, Etail uh, West, and you'll see like. Just the sheer number of retailers involved with this thing is unbelievable. Uh, the speakers and such, some of which uh, are, will also be at Retail Loco. So uh, I'm looking forward to just connecting with some of these people face-to-face uh, over the next couple of days. Um, and uh, so anyways, that's uh, February 22nd to 25th. Um, at the same time, of course, uh, over in uh, Barcelona is Mobile World Congress, what? and I won't be there, but uh, we will certainly be well represented. Uh, Dan Hodges, who uh, runs our New York chapter, will be there. Abriana Lopez from Atlanta, uh, who uh, interviewed Moxley last week on her show, uh, is going to be there. In fact, the two of them are working uh, together to coordinate our, uh, our effort there, which is a party that we're running in partnership with Digital Element. And the Atlanta Chamber of Commerce, uh, 
uh, on the evening, uh, tomorrow evening, that's the evening of the 22nd, um, and if you go to the LBMA website, you can see all the details uh, there about that party and how to how to register for it. But uh, this is the second year we've done this. It was a huge turnout last year. Pretty excited about that. Also, if you're at Mobile World Congress, I, I don't want to forget to mention one of our members, Smith Micro, uh, is hosting a, a suite uh, where uh, they're launching a new product called Captivate, um, and their CEO uh, will be there. And, and uh, it's pretty interesting what Smith Micro is doing these days. So I encourage you to uh, either reach out to us or reach out to uh, Smith Micro um, while you're at Mobile World Congress. Drop by their suite, go meet their CEO, and uh, take a look at what they're doing. They've got some some pretty exciting announcements uh, coming this week. Um, and we'll cover that a little bit more, obviously, on the show next week after it's been announced. So there you go. Um, so that's that. Uh, and then two other things I just want to mention quickly. Um, uh, next week, I'll be in New York for Burrell's uh, conference, Burrell's LOAC 2016. And this is all about the newspaper industry, television, radio, the media world, and how they're going to leverage location and IoT and all that sort of stuff. Uh, pretty big event at the Grand Hyatt in New York. Uh, and that's on the 29th, uh, so um, I encourage you to get out uh, for that, um, 29th and, th and, uh, and the 1st, actually, March 1st, uh, in New York City. Uh, and then, of course, Retail Logo, uh, which is March 13th. I'll be there, Rob will be there, and a fantastic lineup of speakers. Um, you know, I just, I, I'm overwhelmed with the quality and, 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 and the number of new speakers. Retailers, Not shocked, but overwhelmed. Re retailers and, brand in, and brands in particular that have uh, signed up to, uh, to join us on the, on the faculty, if you will, uh, of, uh, of folks sharing their, uh, their knowledge. Uh, so I'm pretty excited about that, and Rob will be emceeing, as he usually does, um, and uh, so, so it should be should be a good time. And that's March thirteenth at South by Southwest. Um, and uh, you can find out more at retaillow.co. That's retaillow.co. That's it. I'm pumped. I'm pumped. That's a, that's a lot going on, man. It's, it's yeah. it, high season, and and you, you know I, the the world seems to be congregating in Barcelona at Mobile World Congress, yes. right? Um, and and one one thing really drew my attention before we get into the stories that that we've been talking about for quite some time. We talk about this this payments world that we're entering here. And remember back in the uh, maybe a number of episodes, we covered Samsung talking about uh, selfie pay, right? Mm -hmm. They they were going to do that whole thing around selfie pay, and and uh, the CEO stood up there and, and gave a demonstration, and I I poo pooed and made a laugh. But now Mastercard is actually rolling this out in fifteen countries, which is pretty funny. Yeah. Um, not funny, but but selfie pay. Um, it's the ultimate in hubris to pay with your face. But one of the things that they also announced, which I, I, I've been asking for forever, and I think we talked about this years ago, which is the, the idea that everything that you have is a payment mechanism, including your car. So they're working, MasterCard is working with car manufacturers in order to be able to bring the ability to pay with your car, to enable your car as a payment vehicle, but um bum um, and allow you to pay for things. So we talk about this. When you roll up into a gas station, man, you don't have to pull out anything because it just charges your car, which is a conduit to your credit card, which pays for the for the gas that you pumped to the penny. And I am so pumped about this. Mm -hmm. Actually, it's not MasterCard. It was Visa. MasterCard is doing the, the selfie pay. Visa is doing the uh, car payments with uh, manufacturing. They're actually talking about bringing Visas to, your, uh, to enable uh, payments through your clothes as well, which I think is ridiculous. But cars, I'm in. Yeah. All right. So, so Mastercard doing the selfie pay. This is one of the car pay. pizza. Yeah. <laughs> well, you know what? It, like, it, it, I'm kidding. Yeah. I'm kidding. But think about how how great it would be 
if you could pull up to like a Tim Hortons or your drive through Starbucks and you, you just, you order and then it pays automatically and you just get, right? So you talk about speeding up the process, man. Yeah. What if when you bought a car, instead of getting like, you know, the, the, uh, you know, the a thousand dollar discount or whatever on your car, you got a thousand dollars of credit, of Tim Hortons credit. Jesus. I see that is genius, man. See a good a break makes your brain blow up with ideas. <laughs> see, there's incentives. There you go. Instead of doing credit cards with merchants, now you can actually do like, hey, buy a car, get buy five car. grand worth of credit at uh, yeah. you know X grocery store. Oh man, I like it. We're on to something. Stop the show. That's enough ideas for the whole show. We're done. Yeah, done. that's it. It's over. Anyways, we'll be okay. talking about Mobile World Congress uh, quite a bit, um, including um, our, our sponsor this week is, is Samsung. Go to insights.samsung.com. And I have an entire section here. We're talking about their announcement at Mobile World Congress, which was pretty significant of what they did and had significant guests on the stage with them um, in, in Mobile World Congress that they, they just went live with yesterday. So that would have been Sunday. Today's Monday. So you're getting this pretty, pretty close together. So how's that? That's, that's all I got. So should we get this thing going? Anything Let's else? Let's do it. Yeah. Anything else? Nothing? That's all I got. Baseball season, a cease vacation, events, payment by car, little teaser for our sponsors, uh, Samsung. I think we're, we're ready to roll. I'm, I'm ready to roll. I'm ready to roll. So I, I get to start again, don't I? You do, always. Right. Here we go. Our top five stories, and then we got top five stories from LBMA partners and a good resource in between. So here we go. Our first story involves something uh, I don't. I hope you've seen this kind of uh, technology, cinemagraphs, where you have a photo that is a still photo, except one section of that photo is alive. There's a great company in Toronto called Flixel, F L I X E L dot com, that does this, and they do some amazing things, tourism things. They've done a, a number of great, 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 great uh, cinemagraphs, and you can do it all on your phone. But here we are talking about um, a motion picture, a movie picture poster, digitally, of course, done with a cinemagraph. It's for Creative Control, which is a movie that's coming out soon uh, by Magnolia Studios. And it is about, um, I think it's a tongue-in-cheek look at virtual reality and its impact on us. And it's a completely fictionalized, uh, over-the-top movie. And it's not like a documentary or anything like that. It's it's kind of talks about the impact of immersive technology on our lives. It goes to the extreme. And then uh, what they have done is that they've the whole movie is around uh, a Google Glass-like thing called Augmenta. They're glasses that you put on, and it's a virtual reality world or an augmented reality world around it. So they've done a poster that has uh, this is a cinemagraph, and it's uh, the song on it is Un, Deux, Trois by Jacques Camus and Reggie Watts. And basically, one section of the poster, if you're watching this right now, you'll see it. One section of the poster moves while the rest stays still. And that's what a cinemagraph is. And I think that it's supposed to indicate that this is an immersive film. Uh, and I think we're going to start, obviously, seeing much more of this. Uh, now, Flixel, for me, I uh, see, because it's not because it's a Toronto company, and I interviewed the founder years ago, early on in its existence. But these cinemagraph things are really cool. If it's done well, they did it for the Oscars, Flixel did. So uh, you start to see how this can be very interactive uh, and uh, impactful when you come across this. The only problem is I don't see that this is really different from doing a, you know, an animation, mm -hmm. just a standard animation, right? But this is what they call cinemagraph. And we've all seen these floating around the internet where you see like, a, you know, a candle flickering in the wind in a still photo, right? That kind of stuff or waves crashing against the uh, beach and everything else is still. But I, this is, maybe this is a good way to advertise for something like this. It kind of 
plays into the well, genre I think of the if movie. You're doing an immersive film, like yep. you know, using this kind of uh, advertising to kind of show that uh, you know that experience a little bit makes sense, right? So I, I like uh, th- th- it's pretty cool. I mean, it, uh, to be honest with you, they could have done better. They could have done it. like this is a pretty lame thing uh, when you watch the video, and if you compare it to some of the stuff that Flixel's done, it's really lame. But maybe this is a symbol of something that's coming soon. I yes. suppose. So I would check this out. You, if you haven't seen it, look for Creative Control. Just do a search for uh, Creative Control, which is the movie, and then go to Flixel, F-L-I-X-E-L.com. I don't know if Flixel did this. I don't think that they did because Flixel, the stuff that comes out of Flixel's site and services is pretty freaking impressive. So if you want a little bit more about Cinemagraphs, and you can download their app to do it yourself. That's the first story. All right. I, I, in fact, I want to see this movie. Yeah, it looks really interesting. Yeah, it is a uh, it is a pretty like it opens with this. Here's the article that I read on PSFK. It says uh, the film opens with a voyeur scene. The main character in the act, which means in the act of the sexual act, um, cover your ears, children. Uh, he picks up his phone to take a photo mid intercourse because experiencing life in the moment isn't enough, and that is how the movie starts. That's it. Okay. Right. All right. Second story, not nearly as exciting as uh, what How Rob could just it be? described. How could but, it be? Uh, an acquisition uh, in, in our industry, and that is Web.com uh, has acquired Yodel. Um, and this is um, for $340 million in, uh, in cash, it looks like. Um, and this is after uh, Yodel, you might know, um, a couple years ago tried to file an IPO. Uh, it, uh, it didn't happen. It, uh, they've had some struggles over the years. Um, and uh, so it's led to now uh, you know, making them available for sale and, and subsequently an acquisition by Web.com. Uh, they say the combined revenue of the two companies will be $765 million. Um, and that uh, Yodel is bringing to the table 58,000 uh, subscribers uh, with uh, some interesting revenue around that, about $300 per month per user um, is, is how that's derived. So, you know, th- th- I think this is a, uh, you know, it's showing an indicator around, you know, the, the SMB local listings, um, directory management space. Uh, we saw the, the acquisition of Constant Contact a little while ago, and now you see Yodel getting picked up here by web.com. Uh, and I think we're going to see more of this. I expect Yext and others to uh, you know, be making moves over the next few months uh, in this space. So uh, you know, I don't have anything much more to say than that other than you know, good to see Yodel found a home, uh, I think, and uh, in, in web.com. And I think the combined company you know, should have a little bit more staying power uh, than uh, as two separate uh, smaller players. Consolidation. Consolidation. Hey, uh, do you watch uh, the television show? This has nothing to do with any of the stories, but uh, have you uh, started watching the television show Vinyl? Have you heard of this? I, I, I PVR'd it. I haven't seen it yet. Wow. But I've got, I've got the, the two episodes uh, you know, uh, ready to go. Boom. Some of the television shows that are out there, like Billions and, uh, and Vinyl, are absolutely insanely great. Anyway, I have watched Billions. I like it. It's so good. Yeah, so it's good. very Paul good. Paul Giamatti, man. I love that guy's voice. Yeah. He's got the greatest voice. Anyways, yeah. we talked about it a lot. But vinyl, that's my, my new, recommend, new obsession, yeah. vinyl. There you go. All right, our third story involves a company called Alibaba. Small, small company called Alibaba. 
Um, and this is, I think, the only company that can threaten my beloved Amazon as the world's largest company on the planet. Uh, and, and there's these guys are everywhere, and we know that they're everywhere, but it just shows you that some people actually know that they're everywhere, but actually don't know that they've invested in their own company, which is the weirdest thing ever. Here, we're talking about Groupon. So Groupon, here's another thing I didn't know, Asif, is that they did uh, $917 million in revenue last year, which is which is insane for a company that uh, basically I think is dead. I don't know if it's profitable, but they did almost a billion dollars. Oh last year in revenue so uh, apparently apparently alibaba invested a lot of money a lot of money they bought 33 million shares of groupon last year and now they own 5.6 percent of the company and it's weird i mean that doesn't sound weird but it's weird because this is what what alibaba does baba does but they also own money in jet.com they or equity in jet.com Magic Leap, which is all that, you know, this huge hoopla about yep. augmented reality, Magic Leap. Um, Lyft, they own, they own a, a portion of Lyft, obviously, and we knew that. But this was, uh, this was a significant investment that was disclosed in the uh, regulatory filing uh, for uh, when they did their year-end stuff. And it's, it's funny because I, I, here it is where the actual, where Groupon's financial guy, Groupon spokesman Bill Roberts, tells Bloomberg his company was, un- his company which is Groupon, of which Alibaba actually now owns 5.6% of that company, says, tells Bloomberg that his company was unaware that Alibaba had taken a stake prior to the filing of December 31st. So here's a company that is, doesn't even know that Alibaba now owns 5.6% of it. And uh, so first of all, that's shocking. Second of all, shut up if that's the case. You don't go yeah. on Bloomberg and tell them that, oh, you know what? We're not paying enough attention to know that Alibaba has invested and bought 33 million shares, which is crazy. And incidentally, their sh- their stocks uh, went, shot up, uh, you know, 29%, which was the biggest one-day increase since their IPO of November 4th, 2011, where their initial public offering was at $20 a share. Now they are at $2.89. But they didn't know! What do you think? That's this just is insane. That's just insane that you're not watching that big of a, a, a you know, uh, an investment in your company. Thirty-three million shares. But what do you think that uh, Alibaba sees in in Groupon enough to be able to say, "Listen, we'll take a rider on that," or is it just that Alibaba is just trying to spread itself and infiltrate the rest Alibaba of the world? Alibaba is all about generating cash, man. That's it. So, are they going to buy? Would they buy Groupon? Is this like a, the early state of a? Because Jet.com is commerce, obviously, and that's what Alibaba does. And, and Magic Leap has nothing to do with it but in a hot space and augmented virtual reality. And then, of course, Lyft is competing against against uh, Uber in a, in a way. And, and uh, so now Groupon is what? Another another retail play. Mm-hmm. Wow. But they didn't know. <laughs> no. Oh, my God. They didn't know. Yeah. That's crazy. Yeah. So, anyways, that's uh, that's the big story. Alibaba bought 33 million shares, and it was a total secret to Groupon. Yeah. All right. Carry on. Okay, our fourth story. Now, uh, Mitsubishi uh, Electric Corporation, uh, you might know these guys, uh, big company, uh, been around a long, long time. Um, and you, but you might not know they, they're uh, an innovator. Uh, at least I think they're an innovator. When I read this story, uh, in the um, let's say the future of the digital out of home space, um, they have announced the development of something they're calling aerial display. 
This is, uh, it's a very complex technology. I was reading through this to try and understand how it works. It's being touted as being able to pr project images measuring 56 inches diagonally. So you think about how you measure TVs, yeah? 56 uh, inch diagonal uh, television uh, into midair. This is uh, projected images in midair. Uh, they say this will be commercially available by 2020 um, and will you know, shake up the digital signage and entertainment industries. Now here's how it works. Now, I'm gonna, it's very technical, so uh, bear with me. I'm gonna explain this. Uh, two key components for this technology. The first is what they call a beam splitter. It's an optical device that divides incoming light into reflected light and transmitted light. So it splits it into these two types of light. And the second component is something they call a re retro-reflective sheet, an optical device that reflects in incoming light back in the incident direction. Um, so anyways, light projected from the screen is reflected by the beam splitter and then split um, subsequently uh, reflected back through the sheet. Um, and it reconverges as an image that appears to be floating in midair. That's how this thing works. Um, so it's kind of like, in some ways, it, it, you know, when you see the like the the video that they released around this, in some ways, it's kind of like, you know, an AR projection, a holographic projection type of thing. But it's being achieved, in, in, in I think, in a very different, unique way uh, to to drive this, and potentially, you know, as they say, you know, having this up in midair. Now, the interesting thing is, is as you read through this, they say, you know, one of the reasons this isn't going to be released until twenty twenty commercially is because looking for a screen in the middle of the air is not something that our brains and you know are are, are used to and so from an image sort of recognition or being able to focus and 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 know that there's something there or expect something there our brains aren't equipped that way yet and so they actually have to at the moment like the way they're testing this and the way they're seeing this is 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 that this kind of might appear in the air between two towers, let's say two skyscrapers or something like that, two buildings, because they actually have to have uh, focal points on the on the buildings on either side, left and right, that we are used to looking at to draw our attention to then have us focus into this center mid air space that we're not used to looking at. So it's it's interesting to to see where this is going, but you know. And and you know this this could this will I mean I, I see how this kind of stuff you know you think about movies like Blade Runner and all this kind of stuff you're going to see this stuff come um, and it's interesting to see it come from a company like Mitsubishi so there you go aerial display very complex stuff uh, but could shake up the industry in the next couple of years in terms of how out of home and entertainment uh, changes and here we are complaining that Instagram has ads. Yeah. Now, now you know by 2020, build between buildings, every air, every um, every piece of air, open air in a city will be covered in an ad. I love it. Yeah, it's, it's crazy. <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna, I gotta go live in the wilderness. This is, you know, there's a threshold here, and if I live in a place, uh, you know, uh, like that, I, I'm not sure that I could. I'm, I'm not sure that I could. I, I need my open space. I need green space. Hmm. All right. Now. Yes, this is, you know, our fifth story is amazing. It is. We've brought up Waffle House before. Yeah. And, and, and the fifth story is about Waffle House. And, and I'm just going to refresh your memory about, I mean, a seat. Remember, like we talked about Waffle House as the place where you can pick up packages, right? Yes. Because why? Like this was literally a place where they wanted to get into the business of you could deliver packages to the Waffle House instead of the postal services, like a P.O. box or yep. because why? 
There are 1,764 Waffle Houses spread across 25 states, and they're open 24-7, 365. So it makes sense that it might be a place where, if you're nearby a Waffle House, where you can pick up your packages, right? Because it's always open. Makes sense. Now FEMA is getting involved here as a point of contact where the Waffle House, because there are 1,764 Waffle Houses across all of the United States, 25 of the United States, 25 states in the United States, and they're open 365 days a year, 24 hours a day. FEMA, it dawns on them that if something goes wrong, like aliens attack, or there's a massive storm, or there's a comet attack, or you rise in the machines, that the, the first indication of something wrong is if a Waffle House shuts down. Or is limited in scope of what it can offer because maybe it's under some, you know, there's no power and it's using its its, uh, backup power or reserve powers. Um, And so if there is a point in time where a Waffle House is closed, we're in deep doo-doo, folks. Like, that's what they're looking at here is that if the Waffle House is down, the world is gone to pot, right? You might as well go and live in your basement. (laughs) Aliens have invaded. So this is, they have a, this is not a joke is what they say. Like, I don't think that they're joking. They have three different indicators, right? So green means, hey, everything's cool. All Waffle Houses are open. Everything's go about your business, eat. And the food is pretty good, apparently. I've never had food at the Waffle House. Uh, Now there's yellow, which means they're on reserve power. There's a limited menu. They can't, whatever, they, they just don't have enough power to serve all the menus, so they're conserving power. And then there's red, which obviously means, hey, Waffle House down, Waffle House down, go in your basement, barricade yourself in. Hopefully you have enough canned foods to survive the Holocaust here because it is bad. It is bad. Is bad, so that's this is this is serious. This is serious stuff, uh, and they're calling this the uh, I've seen it referenced uh, called the Waffle House Index. Just like mm-hmm. Walmart at one point was the the index for retail, um, yeah. the Waffle House Index will be. You know, we're gonna have this board lit up. I can imagine it. it's like a board lit up where we've got all of the all of the Waffle Houses, uh, you know, across all twenty five states, and, and you'll have like lights on it, say green, yellow, or red. And if there's a high concentration of red, oh, stuff is going down, right? Is that that's basically what this is. That's basically what this is. It's I so mean, crazy, you know. So so make sure you know where your local Waffle House is <laughs> and what what light pack- it, what color it is right now. You because- can pick up your package. That's the advance warning. That's the perfect app right there, right? Like, the you know, like house. where's my local Waffle House? Like, you know, geolocate your local Waffle House and just look at what color it is. It is just, right? it is. You know what to do. Like, uh, you know, it's funny because, uh, so I, I found out about uh, Jeb Bush backing, bowing out of the race here, uh, you, you know, in the States um, uh, on the weekend uh, through Twitter. I found out most of the stuff that I, that I, that I know through, through Twitter, what's trending on Twitter. And because it surfaces so much faster than it does everywhere else, right? So I think that media is slowly getting a handle on it. Print media is not, never going to get a handle on it. They're, they're publishing yesterday's news today. But, but I think digital media, like the broadcasters, they're, they're starting to get their hand about it. So their head around what's going on. But I find out most of the stuff that I know today from Twitter, you know, the big news events. And, and uh, so I think that that's my primary thing. But maybe secondary would be would be if I live near a Waffle House. Um, I would check Internet. I would see like, you know, because there's a lot of freaks and fanatics on the Internet that, that tell lies. So I would first validate by I would look on the Internet. I would look on Twitter to see what's going on. And then I would say, OK, let me confirm this. Is my local Waffle House open or closed? And if it's open, everything's good. If it's closed, we're in trouble. That's a funny story. But I don't think. But I, I like it. I'm serious, though. It's a serious story. It's a very serious story. 
Oh my God! And and uh, these guys are, are fanatics, right? So the Waffle House, uh, whenever there's a Waffle House, people know that they can congregate there. So you know, big snowstorms, you get abandoned in your car. They say, "Go to the Waffle House," and uh, and that's what that's what that's their response. Oh yeah, you're in trouble. Nine one one, you're in trouble. Okay, can you make it to a Waffle House? Because if you can make it to a Waffle House, everything's okay. They got good food. Get we there. got you covered. The home fries are really, really, really good. Okay, thank you. Thank thank you very much. Thank you very much. Wow. All right, that's well, our five stories. Those are it. Those, that's a good way to end. I like that story. Uh, I like all the stories, really, quite frankly. So if you, uh, that's our industry news, top five uh, items of this. There's so much more, and I'm going to talk a little bit about it right now around uh, Samsung's keynote address at Mobile World Congress because that is going on. It is a crazy time. Uh, it's been many years since I've been there, uh, and I think I would go only for the fact that it's in Barcelona um, but so many people are there. Everybody that I know, Peggy Ann Saltz is there. I've seen yes. photos following her. Benedict Evans uh, from Ace, uh, you know, uh, Andrews Easton Horowitz. Um, and, and so many other people are, are obviously there, and including Aubriana, um, you know, for the LBMA. But the, the, uh, what's going on there is that Samsung uh, had, a, had a keynote, as they do, this big reveal last night, which would have been Sunday night. Uh, and they announced all of their um, new phones. There's so many rumors about their, their new phones. Um, but the Ga- Samsung Galaxy, the S7 and the S7 Edge were announced. And uh, they, look, they look pretty impressive as devices. Like, I'm, a, I'm an iPhone user, and I know that's blasphemous to say, but I, I have a Galaxy uh, S6 Edge and S6, and I, I play with them all the time. I enjoy it. But uh, this the, now I've got device envy here. And I've seen through uh, this morning a lot of Twitter folks t- saying, like, you know what, that is an amazing phone. The, the camera's amazing. Um, but the big thing that they announced, there's two things that I want to talk about here very quickly. And I want to show you uh, one of their uh, special guests that came by is this Samsung Gear 360. So, Steve, I, I've seen just videos of this. And it's a camera. It's a ball camera that allows you to take 360-degree um, video. So it's it's what they're what they're saying is that you can bring virtual reality and augmented reality. You can make your own virtual reality, and so you put it down on the you know you attach it to yourself. You put it in the middle of something. You you, you know videotape everything, and then you can stream it, and then you can send it on its way, and it and it allows for the uh, Samsung Gear to see that as as if you're in the middle of this. You know you can look left and look right because it's filming all of it. It's a beautiful little device, and I can't wait to see get my hands on that. But the big thing that they talked about, obviously was the Samsung Gear. And if you, uh, if you picture this spot, I'm going to tee this up here. Um, if you picture this, it's an auditorium full of people, obviously. And they were told to put their Samsung Gear uh, masks on. So they put their headsets on. And, uh, and they were showing a, a commercial to showcase the, uh, the Gear 360. And uh, there's this great photo that I'm putting up right now, which is of Mark Zuckerberg, uh, who obviously uh, the CEO and founder of Facebook, walking down an aisle and nobody notices him because they're all got their VR stuff on their head. And he just walks right past it, walks up on stage. And then when they take it off at the end, there's Mark Zuckerberg on stage. And here's what he had to say. It's, it's pretty lengthy, but I thought it was important to, to understand because we talk about virtual reality and augmented reality a lot in this conversation. And we talk about how you can, you should be looking at this to implement for your location-based stuff. So we've yeah. seen lots of great examples of this. And now what they're talking about here is, uh, is Samsung partnering with Facebook and the Oculus operating system to enable the VR with the 200 existing apps that are uh, inside of the Oculus uh, App Store. And, of course, all of the uh, video that's, that's tailored towards uh, and experiences that are tailored towards the Oculus. So I'm going to play this. Uh, I don't know how long I'm going to play it. 
but I'm going to play you the key parts here of Mark Zuckerberg surprising everybody on stage talking about this Samsung and Facebook partnership. So here is, for the first time ever, Mark Zuckerberg on This Week in Location-Based Marketing. To founder and CEO of Facebook, Mark Zuckerberg. great to be here. It's, so, it's an honor to be here today. You know, I started learning how to program computers when I was 11 years old. And I still remember sitting in my middle school math class, uh, writing out code in my notebook, because I didn't have a computer with me, and drawing sketches of a world where instead of just navigating uh, to 2D websites, you could transport yourself entirely uh, to a whole other place and feel like you were really there in reality. And since then, I've been interested in this idea of virtual reality, and I've been waiting for the day to come when we could deliver this experience. Now, today, thanks to this partnership between Samsung and Facebook, this is now possible, and that day is here. And it wouldn't be possible to deliver this experience at this scale and this price without Samsung's experience and excellence in hardware and systems, and all of Facebook's experience delivering software, and of course with Oculus technology. At Facebook, we think about giving people richer and richer tools uh, for sharing and experiencing everything that they want in the world. You know, going back about 10 years, most of what we shared and experienced uh, was text. And then it was photos. And now we're entering into a world where that's video. But pretty soon, we're going to live in a world uh, where everyone has the power to share and experience um, whole scenes as if you're just there, right there in person. You know, I, I think about my, my baby daughter and the way that I want to remember uh, when she takes her first steps. When I took my first steps, uh, my parents uh, just took a pen and wrote down the date in a baby book. Uh, my, uh, when my cousin, uh, when her son took her, his first steps, she took a photo with a camera. Uh, my sister, when, when her son took his first steps, she took a video on her phone. But I want to capture the whole scene. Uh, so you know, I hope that we can take a 360 video. So that way, even if my parents and my family aren't there to experience it in person, they can feel like they're right there with us. VR is the next platform where anyone can create and experience anything that they want. You know, right now, VR is still mostly used for games and entertainment, but that's quickly evolving. And one day, you're going to be able to put on a headset, and that's going to change the way that you live and work and communicate. So, you know, imagine being able to sit in front of a campfire and hang out with your friends anytime you want. Or be able to uh, watch a, a movie in a private theater uh, with your friends anytime you want. Imagine holding a group meeting or event uh, anywhere in the world that you want. All these things are going to be possible. And that's why Facebook is investing so much early on in virtual reality so we can help to deliver these kinds of new social experiences. VR is going to be the most social platform. 
Now, that's also why we've worked with Samsung to deliver Gear VR. Gear VR is by far the best mobile VR experience. And that's because it combines uh, the best hardware uh, from Samsung with the best VR software uh, from Facebook with Oculus. Samsung is the only company in the world that can deliver at scale uh, the low persistence OLED screens that are required uh, to give a good, comfortable VR experience. And that's because these OLED screens are the only screens uh, that can update uh, faster than your eye. No other screen and display or company can deliver this experience. Samsung is the leader in designing and shipping hardware like the Gear VR quickly and affordably. And of course, we've, we've used Oculus uh, software to deliver other aspects of high-quality VR like head tracking, uh, really fast rendering, 360 sound, and of course, a whole ecosystem of apps and content through the Oculus Store. Together, this is by far the best mobile VR experience that you can get. Now, we've also worked with Samsung to make Gear VR affordable. Last summer, Jay Lee and I went for a walk, and we talked about how we can bring this experience to the most people possible. And after that, we decided to target a $99 price. And we worked hard to refine the hardware to make this possible. And you know, the results are in, and it's already paying off. Because this year, millions of people will get their hands on a Gear VR. There are already more than 200 games and apps available for Gear VR in the Oculus Store. And here's a new stat for you. More than one million hours of video have already been watched in Gear VR. So we've, all, we've only just started to explore uh, what's possible with video in VR. And as we work with Samsung uh, to build this experience uh, for, for Gear VR, we're also working to push the whole state of the technology forward. So you know, over the last year, we've been working to make Facebook uh, the best platform for 360 videos. And video is already some of the most engaging content uh, that you'll see online. There are already, every day, uh, more than 100 million hours of video content are watched on Facebook. But 360 videos are even more immersive. You know, because you aren't just watching passively. You feel like you're actually there. You're actually surfing in Tahiti, or flying with the Blue Angels, or exploring the surface of Mars. Our community already loves 360 videos. And every day, already, more than uh, a million people are watching 360 videos on Facebook. And more than 20,000 of them have been uploaded, and hundreds of new ones are uploaded every day. But it's still really early for 360 videos. And we're only a few years into experiencing this kind of high-quality 360 content. But one day soon, all of us are going to have the power to broadcast live uh, what we're doing whenever we want, so that way our friends and families and the people we care about can experience it as if they're right there with us. But of course, to get there, we're going to have to solve a lot of really complex technology and engineering challenges. An example of an important breakthrough uh, we call dynamic streaming for VR video. The idea is that instead of delivering the whole video in a high resolution, we just focus on the part that you're looking at. And this allows us to uh, deliver the video 
with a much higher uh, resolution and quality, about 4x, while also reducing the overall bandwidth consumed uh, for streaming the video by about 4x. So this is just one example of how Facebook is driving all this VR software forward. And I'm excited to announce uh, that we're bringing all of this technology to Gear VR in the next few weeks. So there are lots of other challenges that we need to do to uh, solve to create great VR experiences. And Facebook, uh, with Oculus, are committed to this for the long term. We've recently created new teams at Facebook to build the next generation of social apps in VR. And there are hundreds of incredible uh, content titles coming to the Oculus Store this year, including Minecraft. And since the Oculus team joined Facebook, we've put hundreds of our best engineers on this to make much faster progress than the industry would have otherwise. So we're committed to building the best VR experiences in the world. And we're excited to be focused on, on building uh, this next important computing platform that has the potential to change all of our lives and to be doing it with Samsung. The best is still to come, and we are proud to be working together on this. Thank you, and now here's DJ Ko again. So there you have it. Mark's first appearance here. Maybe it'll be his last. I don't know. Maybe we'll get a takedown notice. They'll, they'll tell us to take that down. <laughs> yeah. um, but, I, you know, this is gaining steam. It's crazy. I, I follow Robert Scoble, as all of you guys should be, Scobelizer, and all he's talking about lately is virtual reality, augmented reality, yeah. and its impact on, on what we're doing. Um, and and I'm, maybe I'm not as convinced because I still like real reality. I suppose is that what you're going to call it? Just reality? Just reality. Just reality. But uh, Samsung is everywhere. So they've rolled out their Samsung Pay. Uh, They're saying that they have 5 million users. They've done $500 million in transactions. So those 5 million users they're talking about is far greater than, than uh, I think, that the people who have used Apple Pay, which is surprising to me. And if, if, uh, but I can't use any of them, for God's sakes, because I'm in Canada, for God's sakes. And I'm not I know. A, and it sucks. A, yeah. It's terrible. Yeah, but, but, but the space is exploding, and, and yeah. so much so, actually. One thing I will mention uh, in, in sort of that fits, fits in with this is you may have heard that there's a new industry association uh, that has mm -hmm. launched called the VRAR Association, Yes, uh, led by Nathan Pettyjohn, who uh, is, uh, is still uh, one of the co-founders of AL411. And uh, they're doing a lot of work in this space and uh, opening up chapters and, and events. And in fact, we're partnering with them uh, for the launch of their San Francisco chapter. Uh, so we're running a, a, a joint event with them on March 17th, actually, uh, in San Francisco at Samsung's uh, headquarters. Um, so uh, all about what's going on in this space. So, uh, you know, you'll, you'll see information about that over the next uh, few days as well. That's crazy, isn't it? Everybody's, everybody's jumping into this. I hope it's not like the 3D television boom. Right? Yeah. Where it busted, it just went, uh, no. No, no, I, I think it's much bigger than that, though. I, I think it, 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 there's so many applications, there's so many players in the space. Um, and uh, and it's, it, it's the problem with 3D television is it was cost, I think. <laughs> yeah. Where, whereas this is like, this, you know, as, as you can see, you know, you can, you can get your own 360 camera now and make your own stuff. Like yeah. it's, it becomes affordable. Well, if I, if I got this right, I mean, what they're talking about for the, for the Samsung Gear is $99 is a threshold price for consumers. And I, and I believe that. And in, in fact, maybe I read this wrong, but, and uh, you know, please correct me if I'm wrong, but I actually saw that maybe if you're getting the S7 and the S7 Edge, you get a gear with that. Um, so they're okay. really trying to create an ecosystem. And I think that's what you have to do. You have to seed the world with these devices mm -hmm. in order for content creators to do that. 
Um, but $99 is, is a good price that I would say, okay. Are we going to start filming this show in... Uh, can in you imagine? Virtual reality, Rob? I have to clean up the rest of the studio. Yeah, I know. I know. <laughs> like, That's going to be tough. Hey, what's over there? Yeah. I'm willing to do it, though. If they want to ship us like some devices and stuff, like you know, oh. like we, we can do an episode in, uh, in VR. So Samsung, that's the challenge to you. I know you guys listen to this because you sponsor us. Hey, send us a send us a Gear 360, each of us, and yeah. and uh, and we'll we'll film this damn thing in in uh, virtual reality. Let's do it. Oh my god, I'd have to. <laughs> I'd, I see, man, I'd have to wear pants then. Yeah, wouldn't I? would be like, yeah. Yeah. Anyway, oh, well. all right. <laughs> so, anyways, I want to thank Samsung for sponsoring this podcast. Insights.samsung.com. There's so much happening inside of that company. I can't, you just can't contain it. So, if you want some unbiased tech opinion, go to insights.samsung.com. And uh, we really appreciate the fact that they sponsor this. Send us, send us, send us the Gear 360. Send it, send especially us, us poor Canadians. You know? oh, yeah, we don't get anything up here. First. Help us out. It's cold up here. Yeah. I'm translucent. All right, All right. Uh, do you do you want you have a quick resource that you want to talk about, or do you want to skip that, or uh, what, what what are you thinking here? Yeah, let's skip that. Just uh, in okay. the interest of uh, of getting the show uh, in, in a uh, in, in a timely fashion completed. Fair here. enough. So now that's a teaser for next week. The one that we thought was so important for this week, <laughs> you have to wait till next week. Now, folks. Yeah, there you go. All right, you have your member news, and then we can wrap. I it do. Up. I do. Okay, so I'm going to whip through these uh, five uh, five news stories. Uh, the first is Walgreens, uh, the uh, the big pharma chain. Uh, they have announced, uh, well, it was announced kind of indirectly through an interview with their CIO, uh, uh, Abhi Dar, uh, about their expansion of their Beacon uh, rollout and program. Uh, Walgreens is a big user of Hadoop, uh, the um, you know big data uh, infrastructure. And uh, they are looking at how they can kind of leverage their Hadoop infrastructure to support their beacons, uh, and their beacon rollout. And this is on uh, hot on the heels, obviously, of the Rite Aid uh, rollout that we talked about just a couple weeks ago, where every Rite Aid is, is now got beacons everywhere. While Walgreens has, you know, has significant beacon rollout, they've uh, obviously have to respond uh, to this uh, as uh, as an industry play. And uh, are looking to do this and looking to, to tie into the Hadoop uh, infrastructure to make the experience not just coupons, but personalized uh, CRM loyalty, you know, all that integration piece that we talk about all the time, informed content, if you will, uh, you know, being pushed through the beacon, uh, you know, being pulled from the Hadoop uh, data that they have. Um, obviously, one of the other p- wrinkles to this is the uh, pending uh, merger of Rite Aid and Walgreens, um, and what that might mean if if Rite Aid's already got beacons rolled out everywhere, can they just kind of extend that into into the Walgreens piece? Uh, although the F uh, uh, FTC um, is uh, is 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 looking at this right now as to whether or not this deal is going to go through and what that means. So uh, we'll see. That that is to be played out. So Walgreens kind of expanding their thought process around beacon uh, usage uh, and tying it to their Hadoop uh, infrastructure. Second story. Sticking with Beacons, uh, Contact.io, uh, one of our uh, good member companies over uh, based in in Poland, uh, has raised five million dollars. Uh, and this funding is coming from a new investor to them called Credo Ventures. They are a VC based in Prague, and uh, they plan to use the capital for uh, product development as well as expanding their ecosystem around use cases for beacons beyond just retail uh, and coupons and all the usual stuff that we know, as well as uh, international expansion, kind of growing their base in, in some other countries. So looking forward to seeing uh, Contact.io uh, and uh, all that they're going to do with, uh, with the new, uh, new cash. 
So there you go. Uh, story number three, Foursquare has partnered with Delivery.com. Yes, now you can order your booze and your food uh, and have it delivered to you directly through the Foursquare app by clicking on the Delivery.com button. Uh, you must also have the Delivery.com app on your phone, so it's kind of a linked uh, app kind of situation. But directly through Foursquare, you can pull up that restaurant, you can pull up that you know liquor store, and you can place your order and have it all delivered uh, directly to you um, through the uh, Foursquare integration with Delivery.com. Uh, there we go. Four story, uh, and this is a really cool one. I like this one. Exterion, uh, the uh, out of home uh, media company in, in the UK, has um, been working with O2, uh, the mobile uh, uh, big mobile operator in the UK. And what's interesting here is um, Exterion, uh, who already has the contract for providing the um, out of home signage and, and display stuff in the London Tube system. Uh, is now working with O2 to pull data around O2's mobile subscribers on where they are in the tube system, where they go, and what they're doing. Um, so uh, the London Underground carries 1.3 billion passengers per year, with Waterloo Station being the busiest uh, of all of those. And so what they want to do is pull data from the mobile phones uh, that are O2 subscribers, O2 customers, understand the movements of those people, and then use that data to inform the future of where they where they place out of home advertising and what advertising makes sense. Uh, this is brilliant stuff. It's perfect use of data and and location and out of home. Uh, I love this kind of partnership. That's all about data uh, informed uh, insights around location and advertising. So there you go. Exterior pulling O2 customer data to inform their out of home targeting. Uh, and then our last story, a case study. Uh, that uh, will hopefully get up on the LBMA website this week. Uh, Use uh, out of Singapore uh, has been working with uh, Techumcell, which is a uh, an, um, a mobile operator as well, and um, they uh, partnered to uh, actually they they've been recognized for a uh, an out of uh, an award best campaign finalist for location based marketing at the uh, at marketing magazine's Mobile X Awards uh, this year. And uh, very, very quickly, what this is, is uh, Techumcell was launching a new 4G uh, LTE service, and they wanted to drive um, through mobile advertising to target uh, subscribers uh, on their mobile devices in order to drive awareness of, of this new service and increase conversions uh, uh, conversions uh, from the current 3G SIM cards to the USIM um, uh, SIM cards to support uh, LTE. And so they did this by doing geofencing, geotargeting, if you will, uh, through mobile adver advertising, through the use platform. Um, so t taking geofences, telecom cell subscribers uh, who have specific devices that are capable of, of sustaining this upgrade and were near uh, uh, telecom cell stores to drive traffic into those stores to, to complete these upgrades. Brilliant stuff, makes a lot of sense. Um, and perfect use of kind of geo-targeted advertising mobile ads, if you will, uh, display ads in, in, in devices of subscribers who have devices capable of going from the 3G to the LTE network uh, in this case. So I like this kind of stuff. We'll, we'll publish that case study hopefully up on the LBMA site shortly. Uh, but in the meantime, you can just go to use.com, uh, Y-O-O-S-E.com to learn more about that. Boom. Record time. Done. Record time. Five stories in the time it to took for me to talk about Waffle House. It's all good, though. Yeah, you're good. Zuckerberg. You know, it's all Zuckerberg. 
Oh, Zuck. Zuckster. I wonder uh, if uh, Foursquare and Delivery.com, that integration was done with uh, Branch. You know, you know, we talk about Branch Metrics. I love these guys. Yeah. I uh, love them to death. They raised $35 million at the end of January, uh, and they do all the deep linking stuff for a lot of uh, a lot of apps. And I wonder if those guys, if that's how they, they squared this away. If, if, I mean, if you're interested in deep linking stuff, you should go to Branch.io. Um, they've, you should. They've, they've raised a crap load of money. It's like a, right. ton, a ton of money. All right, that's it. That's it. Ten stories, a big Samsung keynote uh, presentation, uh, and of course the you know the witty banter between Asif and I. Of course, and you can see the difference. Like, I, like I have I have the Canadian tan, which is like the translucent tan. My skin goes see through in the winter, and uh, Asif is just getting darker and darker and darker. Yeah, I don't think it's fair, man. Yeah, I just don't think it's fair. Well, I'm not complaining. No. Was was the temperature like thirty thirties Celsius? It was, yeah. It, well, yeah. It, it, when we were in Jamaica, it was definitely thirty two, hmm. thirty three, something like that. Um, and the, but the rest of the time it was fine too. It was twenty seven, twenty eight. It was it was all good. Yeah, it's all good. When does that happen? Remember when we used to complain about the heat in the summer? Yeah. Oh. Well, let's let, let's hope. Well, I don't know if I want to. Like, I was going to say, let's hope that our summer is as extreme as our winter has been mild this year. But I don't think no. I want. I don't no. want the humidity. You don't want the humidity. It does want. It does. It's murder on my hair. It gets muggy. Yeah. Time. Well, I'm looking forward to the uh, summer so I can shave my beard off because that's yeah. it. This is a this is a winter thing. This does that a, go right till the end of the school year? Oh, well, summer. Well, it's whenever no, summer. The beard. The beard? I, I don't know when it'll go to. When it's hot enough that that my face starts to sweat. Okay. I have to put deodorant on my face. I'm done. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like the axe spray on, just so that my my face doesn't sweat. And maybe I'll use an antiperspirant on my face. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> there you go. And when it devolves into this kind of conversation, you know the episode. The show's is over. Done, my friend. Yeah. Um, big uh, big week last week, of course, in in the world of Bruce Springsteen. Just as an update, he announced all these European tour dates. Two months in Europe. So if you're listening to this in Europe, do not fret, my friends. You can watch the river live in Europe, including yeah. Rome, London. Yeah. So go. Go, go see And yours. if you're planning on going and you want like a personal uh, escort yeah. tour guide uh, to come with you, Rob, it is available. I 100%. I, I yeah. will decipher every song. I will tell you all about them. I will hug yeah. you often. I will sing yes. into your ear. Yeah. Yes. yes. There you go. All right, uh, that is it for 273. We will be back for 274 once Asif has returned from the heat again, uh, of which we will complain vehemently once again. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you have any stories that you would like included in this, if you are a member of the LBMA and you are listening to this and you have something that is significant to say, reach out to us. Actually, reach out to Asif, Asif at the LBMA.com. Of course, you can find me at Rob at Untether.tv. Both of us are on Twitter. In the Twitter sphere, My I am at Rob Woodbridge. Asif is at Asif. R Khan. Don't forget that R or you're, gonna, yep. you're sending it to somebody else. Asif R Khan. And of course, you can find us on Facebook and any other network. You can reach out to us anytime, anywhere, anyhow. So just do it. If you have a story, if you have something to say about this. Uh, and that is, I think, the end of episode 273. Asif. That's all we got. Have a safe, safe, safe travels into the California. Yay. Say hello to everybody out there. And we will see you next week for episode number 274. Asif. Later, bro. Thanks, bud. Yeah.